Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Imaginal Space Podcast. My name is Katherine Perry, and I'm so excited because today is a full moon. It's a blue moon, so it's the second full moon of the month, and it's Halloween. So happy Halloween, happy blue moon, happy full moon, all the things. So today is going to be a little bit different. Usually what I like to do on this podcast, every single episode is an aura healing, an aura reading. Um, I might change that up soon. Um, There's so many downloads and so many ideas, you know, coming through, which I'm excited to share with you. But up until this point, um, most of the episodes in the second season have been an aura reading. And before each episode or during the episode, I guess, before we get started and take a look at the aura, I like everybody to take a couple of deep breaths and then set their intention for the aura. But in the spirit of the full moon, the blue moon today, so whenever the full moon comes around for me, I'm always taking a look at, you know, what I'm releasing in my shadows. And I feel like I'm not necessarily alone in that. That's not revolutionary or anything. That just so happens to be what comes up for me and so many other people. And so in the spirit of illuminating the shadows, you know, I feel like there's a lot of vulnerability around the full moon. I am going to let you know what my intention is for today. So on previous episodes, usually I just let you, you know, and today is, you know, today is no different. Um, You can still set your own intention. That's the beautiful thing about the aura. The aura allows everybody to set their own intention. And then the aura kind of just gives you, you know, whatever wisdom it is that you need, whatever information, whatever healing it is that you need. Like I said, just in the spirit of vulnerability and illuminating shadows, I'm going to take, I'm going to tell you my intention. And my intention for the aura of the blue moon, the full moon, is to take a look at one of my biggest shadows, my biggest shadow, control. So the other reason this works out really, really well is I know I'm not the only one with this shadow. This shadow is general enough. um, And we all experience it at, one point or another, some of us more than others. Some of us have no problem, you know, with control. And, you know, there's going to be, I can already see, you know, how the aura is moving and I'm already receiving information. There's going to be a little bit in here on, you know, control versus power. You know, what is, what is the difference, you know? So I'm really, really excited for that. So whether you have this shadow or not, I feel like, you know, we all experience, the full range of the human experience at some point, you know, and that is a, that's in here too, you know? So whether you, whether this is your biggest shadow or not, like I said, this is one of mine, you know, that I'm always confronting on a day-to-day basis and I'm always engaging with, you know, whether you do or do not, you know, there's always something to be learned, you know? And I think that I'm really, really excited for this one because this is not something that I do all the time. Maybe that'll change. I'm not really sure. Um, 
but there are some really, really beautiful archetypes that come in. They're all beautiful, but they all um, they all came together to create something really, really special, you know, that I'm really excited to share with you. So let's get started. So I'm just going to take a pause, take a couple of deep breaths, and then we will dive right in. As always, if you need more time, feel free to pause. So if you're new, welcome. And if you have listened before, welcome back. Thank you so much for choosing to share space with me and everybody else again. And let's get started. So just brief pause, you know, set up the space, you know, take the time to set your intention, whatever it is that you want to, you know, learn about, you know, whatever it is you want to share space with, that's what we're going to do right now. All right, let's take a look. So we have the river first. Um, And the river, when I saw this, I was like, okay, perfect. You know, we're off to a beautiful start here. Um, Because the river, as you can imagine, as an archetype, the central focus is all about releasing control. You know, it's about moving with the flow, moving with the current. That is the river in its lightest expression. You know, just allowing... um, allow just the river is okay so the river is a lot about um releasing control there are a couple of cards that have a similar narrative but the river is about releasing control in terms of forgiveness and i have mentioned this briefly before but since the river is coming in and forgiveness is a huge theme in the river i will address it again now so forgiveness to me um it does not necessarily mean like Like in the typical situation, like I forgive you because you did something bad or I forgive you because you did something wrong or even to yourself. You know, it's not like I forgive myself because I did, you know, X, Y, Z, wrong, bad, whatever, shadow. It doesn't really matter. You know, that's not what forgiveness is to me. Forgiveness is really showing up and really holding the space and really showing love and showing unconditional love and, you know, acceptance and compassion to whatever you previously deemed unlovable before. That's what forgiveness means to me. So forgiveness, it's just another flavor of love. You know, everything is a flavor of love, but this is just like a different flavor. So, um, and that's the energy of the river, you know, understanding that through, and this is beautiful, you know, in terms of healing control. Um, For me personally, the river comes through when I'm just, I'm being way too hard on myself, you know? Um, It comes through when I feel like I slipped up or I feel like I've made a mistake. You know, that's that's the spirit of the river. You know, it comes in to kind of heal you. Um, It comes through in those times. Okay, the energy of the river is like, um, okay, so I don't know about you. There's actually there's two cards in here, the river and the tear um, that seem to have to do with like crying and release and a little bit of grief. So um, I'm so sensitive. I've definitely mentioned this before, but I feel like I haven't mentioned it since season one. I am incredibly, incredibly sensitive. You know, I will, uh, yeah, I'll just cry. I'll, I'll cry, um, watching like TV. Um, I'll cry in like really, really tense emotional situations. You know, I'm like a crier. That's just my form of release, you know? And what's interesting about that, that's coming to me now that's my way, like crying, that form of release is me just releasing control, you know, and a little bit of background on that. When I was younger in my household, 
Um, if you like, let's say if you like cried during an argument or you broke down, you were the weak one, you were, you lost. Okay. You lost the argument. You know, that's just like how it was, you know, you don't, that's not crying is as a release is not a form of strength or wasn't, you know, all the way back then, you know? So I really, I picked up that habit and I like did not let myself cry for years. And it was only until it was only like several years ago um, where I really just like let myself cry and let myself, you know, have that release. And so that is one of the ways in which, you know, we can look at, you know, how control can be kind of confused with power. So I say um, that control is the shadow of power. It's like the shadow form, like thinking that, you know, by you like controlling every single little detail or overlooking everything and trying to make everything go your way. That's like power in its shadow form is control. So that's why I'm really, really excited to talk about it today because power has been a really huge theme in my life that I'm just continuing to learn about. But back to the river. So what the river is telling me that the true form of power is just absolutely letting go and letting things be how they need to be. And that goes really well with, you know, the narrative of the river, you know, the narrative of the river kind of moving wherever the river takes you, you know, there might be like a branch sticking out or like some shallow water um, that like stops you for a brief moment because the rocks are like catching the bottom of your boat. I don't really know, you know, anything can come up in the river and what you kind of need to do is just let it take you where it needs to go. And I've learned a lot about that through just releasing through crying and releasing through tears. And so I brought up that metaphor because, you know, when if you're kind of like a crier a little bit and that's your form of release, you know, when you've literally cried so much, you have no tears left whatsoever. And then you kind of just see yourself and you just you see all of that raw emotion and you're like, this is just who I am. You know, it's like this feeling of um, maybe you have a slight headache. You know, I get sometimes I get headaches when I cry. But if I'm like crying and I like walk into the bathroom and I see myself in the mirror, I'm like, this is just like who I am, you know, just like super, super raw, super, super vulnerable. That's the beautiful energy of the river. And, you know, I used to try and like control the river. I tried to use, I used to try and like control, you know, that form of release. And the beautiful thing about the river, what I've learned. So the next archetype in the aura is the self, you know, so what the river does is it gives you just this space, this container, this safe container to just like let whatever emotions, whatever experiences need to move through you, just accepting them for what they are. And that's just, that's in it for me in terms of the self. So the self is like the multidimensional quantum self card, you know? So whenever the self appears, it just means that you need to, you know, learn how to bring in and hold space for different dimensions of self, you know? And that's where, again, forgiveness really comes into play because forgiveness simply as a flavor of love allows you to accept and integrate, you know, those different dimensions of self that you might not have before. And that's what the act of forgiveness does. You know, it brings them in close to you. It brings them close to your heart and lets you just say, you know what, it's okay. You know, no matter what's going on. And that's also a part of the river, you know, you know, no matter what is like triggering you, no matter, you know, what someone might have said, no matter what you might have done, just again, releasing it, 
with love and compassion. So the the river card is the ultimate release. And then, you know, bringing in and accepting new dimensions of self. And that can be a very powerful medicine, which is the nectar. So the nectar is the archetype of just sweet, unique medicine. You know, it's kind of, it's the... um. Okay, so the nectar in its lightest form is not being too rigid with what you believe is healing. So it's like not saying like, oh, you can only heal in this way. You can only heal in this way. You know, you have to do X, Y, Z in order to be healed. So the river and the nectar is saying that, you know, sometimes healing is so simple and all you need to do is just like release whatever it is that you need to release and There's like some form of, you know, release and surrender with respect to the river. That's like a great healing power, you know, and not and speaking of control, just not letting anything control you. You know, the more you can release and the more you can just let go, the less certain things have a hold over you. You know, so the nectar in the self tells me that a beautiful self-healing process is just getting in touch with the river. And by the way, it doesn't have to be like crying. You know, I've I mean, every healthy person releases in that way at some time. You know, everybody cries, you know. Um, You don't have to be like such like a crybaby like me, but, you know, whatever form of surrender and release, you know, just keep that in mind for the river. So I'll say crying just because that's that's like what I know, Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be crying. However, we do have the tear. So the tear and so the tear and the river together, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I think those might possibly be the only two water cards. You know, there's the river, but there's not like, you know, the pond or the lake or the, I don't know. Oh, no, there's the ocean. The ocean is there. Okay, so it's like two out of three water cards. So there's like there is a huge watery element, you know, within this aura, which is very, very beautiful. Um, But the tear... Again, the tear is kind of like the river, but I love, so the tear as an archetype is like the grief card. And here is, you know, what I love about that is, so if you've ever grieved anything, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be um, like death, you know, I think that's where our mind jumps, but it could be, um, it could be a relationship, you know, a really, really important relationship that doesn't necessarily just exist in your life. You know, it could be, um, It could be anything, any form of loss. Okay, so that falls under the category of grief and the tear. You know, it doesn't just have to be like somebody in your family passed away or something like that. You know, there's a very, very, um, there are so many different expressions of the tear. So just keep that in mind. Um, But what I love, what the tear, what the tear, the tear brings in this medicine going back to the nectar. So there's, this is a big like medicine, medicinal spread here. Um, The tear and the nectar together says that one of the most beautiful, you know, medicines that you can ever give to yourself is, again, just the grace to just allow whatever needs to come through, whatever your healing process needs to be, let it be that. Don't worry about everybody else, you know, because like um, grief, for example, that shows up in everybody differently. And I feel like we all, you know, with all of the open dialogue surrounding grief, we all know that we don't all grieve in the same way. You know, and so there's something very, very beautiful and touching about that to me with respect to we don't expect everybody to grieve in the same way. So that and the nectar is like 
we don't also, we shouldn't expect everybody to heal in the same way. You know, the nectar is also the archetype of finding healing in very simple places, you know? So, um, like, I think actually an example that's always stuck with me is like a garden. You know, um, I have a garden not too far away from me. It's not in my backyard or anything. It's in this like park that's like a 15 minute walk. But for instance, you know, when I was spending a lot of time at home during um, the pandemic and just when people were like, you can go outside, you know, around that that um, that threshold of you can go outside and you can social distance, but you shouldn't be like inside. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I would spend a lot of time in the garden. And that was like the sweetest space. And it was very, very simple. You know, even when the flowers, it was kind of around spring. So the flowers were blooming a little bit and it just, it, it opened up its heart to me at the right time, you know, and it was there for me. So the nectar is like non-traditional medicine, but really just individualized medicine, you know? So the nectar in the self, you know, finding that multidimensional medicine that really works for you, you know, because that will help you heal those aspects of the tear and kind of be your own guide throughout, you know, whatever grief that you're experiencing and also guide you through the process of forgiveness with the river, you know, so in terms of control, you know, there's a lot already about just accepting yourself for who you are and what you need, you know, again, the river and the tear, very watery cards, so they like water that can move, that can change form a lot. You know, they're not also they're not still water cards. I mean, it's not like um, there are no again, there are no still water cards like there's no lake, there's no pond, there's no puddle or anything like that. Um, but the river is very, very moving and tears, tears stream down your face. You know, they move. So being present enough to just give yourself what you need, you know, whenever you need it. That's a beautiful way of just releasing control, you know, and not trying to be, you know, so like um, I used to be such a type A person, you know, just always like everything has to be this way. Everything has to do like this has to happen at this time, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that was like that was very, very much me. So speaking of holding space, we have the mother next and the mother. Oh, and Kairos. Oh, this is so beautiful. I really love this whole aura. Um, but the mother is the holding space card. You know, the mother is the ultimate creative channel. You know, if you can, depending on, you know, what you believe in, you know, I love, I loved this download when I received it. But the mother is literally just channeling, you know, forms of creative consciousness into physical form, you know, aka giving birth to children. You know, so the mother is the ultimate channel, the ultimate space holder, and so the mother and the nectar has a lot to do with just channeling your own unique medicine. You know, again, not just the nectar and its light, light expression is having this very flexible approach to healing, you know, and that goes really well with the tear because the tear and grief in general, you know, you're really, if you've ever, again, been in a grieving process or experienced any form of loss, you know that things change. Things can change at the top of like I was going to say the top of a dime, the drop of a dime. Um, you might be feeling one way one day and then, you know, something happens, something triggers you and then you're not feeling that way anymore. You know, so there's this aspect of presence. The lover is in this spread, but it's uh, all the way down there. So um, we'll get to that later. But there is this aspect of, you know, you really need to be present so that and flexible, you know, with, you know, whatever it is that you're healing, you know. And by the way, this isn't just um, 
<laughs> my voice just like cracked. No, this isn't just with respect to control in general. So like I said, you know, it's a full moon. It's the blue moon. Yeah, happy Halloween, everybody. Um, love Halloween. But so this, what's coming through to me right now is, you know, releasing a lot of control with respect to the healing process of whatever your shadow is, you know? So what's so interesting about that to me, you know, on a kind of like taking a step back here, my shadow of control is providing, you know, a different way of approaching healing of whatever your shadow is, you know? So my medicine is learning more about just releasing control in terms of the healing process. But then also the question that I would challenge you to think about more is, you know, how can I release control surrounding my healing process of whatever shadow I have? You know, so all shadows, they all connect together. Um, and that's more of the venom, but we'll talk about that later too. Um, or we can talk about that now. All right, I'll... Uh, um, oh, by the way, usually I only do... Um, I think that's what's different. I forgot to mention that. Usually I only do like six to eight archetypes. You know, when I'm looking at the aura, I only look into... Um, yeah, I only look into six dimensions of the aura. Today we're looking at an eight-dimensional aura. You know, so there's like, there's a lot of archetypes, a lot of energies, and they're all kind of jumping out at me like, Mimi, just talk about me next, you know? So this is a very, very in-depth aura. I don't do this all the time. So that's another reason why, you know, this moon is very, very special. But I was like, you know, if I'm really going to take a look at one of my, you know, most challenging shadows, I'm going to go all in, you know? Um, so the mother is just holding space, you know, for your healing process and allowing it basically the river and the tear, allowing the healing process guide you to be your own medicine woman. I, I said woman because of the mother medicine person. OK, um, healer. The healer's in here, too. Yeah, yeah, it is. So um, but that to me, it's so what I love about that in terms of just surrender again is, you know, whatever is happening, you know, whatever your shadow is, your shadow is kind of like your guide too. You know, it's your guide down the river. It's your guide with respect to the, you know, and again, the grieving process and loss, that's more of a metaphor to kind of show you how, you know, how much flexibility and how much surrender is needed in order for you to get the healing that you need. And then also, you know, speaking of guides, we have Kairos here and Kairos is an initiation card. There's actually two initiations in this aura um, that we get to talk about today. Um, but Kairos is mythic time. So it's quantum time, divine timing. Um, so what that lets you know, I love when Kairos is in any aura um, because it's just like this gentle reminder that you are in the right place at the right time or you are, I stray away, stay away from um, using like right and wrong because there is no um, within the context of auras that doesn't really have a place, but Cairo says that you're exactly where you need to be, you know? So there just seems to be so much about surrender here, you know, surrendering to whatever your healing looks like, you know, holding space for that, you know, surrendering just to, you know, yourself, you know, or like Kairos in the self, you know, you get to know different dimensions of yourself at different times. And that comes through this whole process of really just, allowing and letting yourself just release control surrounding whatever it is that you need to heal. You know, the mother and the nectar, again, holding space for your unique medicine. 
So speaking of medicine, like I was saying earlier, you know, it's interesting how our shadows and really being open and vulnerable with our shadows can help other people. And that's what the venom is too. So, you know, I know that I am acting in kind of the shadow of the venom whenever I am just, whenever I'm really, really controlling. That's when I'm in the shadow of the venom. So, and what's so beautiful about that, so it might come out in different ways, by the way, you know? So whenever I'm like being, whenever the shadow control, whenever I'm expressing that, I'm also in the shadow of the venom. But the venom when I, I remember when I first came across the Venom and I was like, ooh, that's like a scary card. Um, it's really not. You know, it what it allows you to do, it provides you this very unique opportunity to really just le- learn to like lean in. It's not the shadow card. It's more of um, the Venom is more of the card of the cycle of pain that kind of exists within the collective aura. So it's very much like violence begets violence, you know. If you hurt someone, it's likely that you've been hurt yourself, you know. So it's a shadowy card. It's not the shadow. Um, But that's what I was saying earlier about how, you know, what's interesting is somebody else's. Oh, so the venom and the nectar. um, That's why Um, somebody else's venom can be somebody else's medicine, you know. So the venom and the nectar, they're like opposites, you know, within the deck, you know. So they um, they're like a pair. So it's very, very interesting whenever they show up in the aura together, Um, which is to say that, you know, one of the reasons we want to lean into our personal shadows or our personal, you know, forms of venom, you know, whatever, you know, whenever we feel contracted or whenever we feel hurt or whenever we feel guarded, you know, those are all forms of the venom. Leaning into that can bring out new forms of the nectar for other people. So again, right now, this is like a very personal, you know, I'm letting you know my intention with this aura reading here. And so while it might seem, and this is, you know, how the world is so beautiful, while it might seem that I'm, you know, talking about something very, very personal, like I said, so many other people have this shadow as well. And not only that, my shadow, my venom, you know, whatever it is, within me that I'm like, that is like very challenging or seems like kind of scary or like, oh, I don't really want to touch that. I don't really want to look at that. That's somebody else's nectar, you know, and they're really connected in that really beautiful way. And what I love about that, let's move down a little bit. This move or is moving like really, really quickly. Um, so then we have the creator after that. And so the creator, um, the creator is a beautiful card because it speaks to creativity on two different levels. You know, there's third dimensional creativity, you know, so there's like, if you're an artist or like a writer or, you know, you're creative in some other way, those are just like really, really simple examples. There are so many different ways to be creative. It's so beautiful. So there's that kind of third dimensional creativity or if you're a gardener or um, I'm not going to list them all, but you get my point. Like if you love pottery, I don't know. Or if you're a dancer, okay, that's it. That's enough. So There's all of that third dimensional creativity. And then there's also co-creation. So I love the the combination of the creator, the venom and the nectar because the venom and the nectar is a beautiful, you know, relationship. It's like a different flavor of co-creation. You know how 
basically leaning into our venom can create medicine for someone else, you know, so not being scared to basically like kind of like the river, you know, approach or, you know, start a conversation, start a dialogue with whatever it is that you believe is so unlovable about yourself. You know, that's like the venom, you know, when you hear the venom, nobody wants to like really like take a look at that or um, sometimes the venom can be a little bit more challenging to embrace, not more difficult. It just depends on how receptive you are, you know, so going back to the mother a little bit, you know, the venom really, really challenges you to hold space, you know, a little bit of the river as well. And actually a lot of the river, you know, because again, the river, the river is, um, there's forgiveness. Okay. So there's self-forgiveness or forgiveness of others, which is really just self-forgiveness, you know, so bringing in, going back to the archetype, the self for a little bit, you know, what's interesting again about the venom is it's kind of like there, the mirror is not in here, but it's kind of like a mirror too, you know? So we all have the venom within us. We all might experience it in different ways, but we all have all of the archetypes within us, you know, at least from my perspective. So, you know, what the venom, the river and the self tell me is, you know, the more you can, you know, accept and, you know, kind of forgive again, just reveal the love, you know, within the venom within yourself. So the self, the more that you can do that for other people as well. And what's interesting about that, it just kind of goes back and forth, you know, so, and you can start wherever feels more comfortable to you. So for some people, you know, they need to forgive others so that they can forgive themselves. And some people need to forgive themselves so they can forgive others, you know? So that kind of just speaks to the beautiful nature of this self in that, you know, we have our own personal, you know, quantum expressions, but we are all connected in that way, you know? So that's very, very interesting to me. So that, like, whenever the creator comes up too, so whenever the nectar comes up, you know, we have, wow, this is a beautiful form of medicine. And so whenever the creator comes in, you know, we're like, okay, wow, you know, or I guess I'm like, wow, this is a very, this is a new form of co-creation, you know? So, and oh, perfect. Speaking of, I was like, where is that going? Um, We have Anima Mundi. So Anima Mundi is also, it's an initiation card. And that's the soul of the world card. That is, it's the initiation card of all of the initiation cards. It's, you know, all that is, it's so beautiful. It's basically everybody is connected. So seeing the self and Anima Mundi echoes that earlier message that when you forgive something within yourself, you're forgiving it for the collective too. Or when you heal something within yourself, you're healing it for the collective. And right below Anima Mundi, we have the healer, you know? So they're all really bouncing off of each other very, very well. You know, there are a lot of powerful cards. So this aura brings so much in terms of just healing, co-creating with one another, you know, seeing the soul of the world within yourself and then also, you know, yourself within the soul of the world. That's really beautiful to me. Um, There's the healer. So the healer is, you know, the card of not only showing up for yourself as your own healer, which there's a lot in this aura about just being your own healer in general, you know, knowing and accepting the different dimensions of yourself. Um, 
moving with the flow of, you know, wherever it is that you need to go at whatever time, you know, holding space for your unique medicine, you know, allowing, you know, the healing process to be whatever it needs to be, you know, just being with the more difficult parts of yourself, learning about new forms of creation, co-creation. That's all like beautiful ways of showing up as your own healer. So I really love that. And then we have the lover. So the lover is the card of, um, I mentioned earlier, presence. So the lover challenges us to be extremely, extremely present. So the lover and the tear go really well together because again, you know, like I said about grief earlier, grief changes. It changes form. We change, we shift in terms of how we express it, you know, and What's interesting about um, speaking of the mother and the tear, you know, when somebody is going through a loss, we seem to do a really, really good job of activating the mother, you know, and activating, well, some people, maybe not others. I don't know, you know, but usually when someone goes through a deep loss, we can channel the mother and it's like not even a second thought. We're like, okay, what do you need? You know, let me just be here for you and whatever you need. You know, it's what that's why I love the tears so much, because it's also it's surrendering to whatever it is that you need, you know, on a personal level. And then if you're with somebody else, you know, if you're sharing space with anybody else, you're also kind of the person that shows up and says, all right, whatever you need, I got you. I'm not going to question you. I'm not going to, you know, question whatever it is, you know, how it is that you're feeling, you know, the tear. That's a really big, you know, deep into your feelings card, you know. And what's interesting about that is like, it's, it's just inviting you to not, to just honor how you feel, you know, and not try and like pick it apart, not try to analyze it, just be there. That's the medicine of the mother and the tear. And sometimes that's exactly the medicine that you need, you know, you know, I know with, um, going back to the shadow of control in general, I 100% can be the type of person to try and pick everything apart, try to figure everything out, which is basically, you know, trying to crack it, trying to understand it. And that's kind of, um, those are all expressions of control as well. And the tear says, you just got to get rid of that, you know, because again, grief is one of those things as an example that we just don't understand, you know, not 100% because it shows up differently in everybody at different times you know, speaking of Kairos, yeah, you know, different forms of grief show up at different times and it's always shifting, you know, and you kind of just need to let it guide you instead of trying to control it and be like, I felt this way, you know, that day and well, and now I'm feeling a different way today. And oh God, what about tomorrow? You know, you know, it's not about that. It's just kind of being present with whatever is. And that's the lover. So The lover is the card of, you know, being it's the gratitude card. It's the, you know, being present, being present with, you know, all of your third dimensional senses, all of your extra dimensional senses too. you know, um, if you're into that kind of thing, that's the lover, you know, being present with the love that is around. And that ties really, really well into everything, into all of the previous cards, you know, the lover and being present with, you know, everything that shares the same soul as you, you know, the lover and being present with, you know, the heal it's the lover is like the abundance card. And so that's what I was saying earlier about the lover is also power, 
you know, so the lover does a really beautiful job of challenging us to redefine, you know, what power is. And the lover tells us that power is presence, you know, being present and understanding that you have everything that you need. You know, you can be your own healer, you know, the venom also, the venom as medicine, you have, you know, the venom to challenge you to bring in new forms of medicine and to understand different dimensions of yourself. You know, the lover and the creator, you have the power of creation within you. You know, you have the power of developing your own relationship with creation. And then there's just the power of creativity, which can be, you know, in combination with the healer, also very, very powerful and healing. You know, lover, the lover and being present with Kairos and how divine timing is guiding you. You know, there's the lover and the mother. Oh, that rhymed. Um, <laughs> you know, the lover and being present with, you know, the great source. The mother also, um, the synonym. The synonyms are the great mother, the source, the divine feminine. You know, that's something that's present within you as well that can hold space for anything that comes up. You know, and speaking of what comes up, the lover and the power of forgiveness. You know, the lover and the power of, and by the way, the mother, the um, the mother holds, the mother archetype holds space for the eternal challenge of love. So what does that mean? loving whatever is comes into your conscious awareness, you know, loving all forms of consciousness. So the last archetype in this aura is actually the unseen. And I think that's a beautiful touch, you know, to realize that everything. So for me personally, everything here that speaks to, you know, a different way of releasing control that allows you to uh, interact with and unlock different dimensions of the unseen. So, for example, when the very, the, yeah, the very, very first time I kind of became curious about the spirit world and, you know, what, like, literally, what was it? You know, what did it look like? You know, how did it integrate in my life? I went to this beautiful meditation in New York Oh, sometimes I really miss the city. But um, yeah, it was like a couple years ago, I think, during the summer. Very, very beautiful. And the person that was leading the meditation, um, so incredibly powerful, um, unbelievable, his powers. But um, what the main takeaway from that meditation was in order to know the spirit world and to communicate with the spirits, you just had to let go of your control, you know, and I thought that was, and I remember hearing that and I was like, oh no, you know, anything but that. Of course, the one thing that needs to be done, you know, because I was so curious, you know, um, there were moments when I felt my guides or my spirit babies or my ancestors, or I just knew that they were around. And I realized that those moments in which that they came in and they came through, I was 100% in my power because I wasn't trying to control anything or I wasn't trying to control the love or the medicine or the wisdom that was coming through. And so that that's why I love the unseen, just like thrown in there kind of at the end of the aura. We're not at the end yet, but just kind of at the end in terms of the way that the aura is moving, you know, to say that all of this, everything here, you know, it's kind of like, not like prep work, but so all of these, I mean, you can interpret them in any way that you want. 
the archetypes exist in all dimensions. I've been just talking about like, I've been talking about it in a very third dimensional way, you know, like things like forgiveness or, you know, um, learning about different aspects of self, you know, holding space, you know, those are very like physical kind of like grounded, um, kind of like grounded ways of viewing the energy. And then the unseen at the end, what it kind of does is it allows you to kind of go back, you know, through every single archetype and consider, you know, so we looked at the seen aspect of the aura and now the, um, whenever the unseen comes through, it says, all right, if you looked at this aura from like a more of like a grounded, like, um, like a physical, like what's, you know, perceivable through the five senses, then you need to go back and understand, you know, how it is that the unseen also comes into play. So for example, the, the creator, you know, so a beautiful practice um, that I feel like is so popular is just releasing control with your third dimensional creativity. You know, and that's kind of what I was alluding to before. There are so many different ways to be creative. You know, there's not just one way. You know, this is my way of being creative. You know, my creativity is very much tied into the unseen, but that's not the only way to do it. You know, you can be very like musically creative. You know, I wish I could play the piano or I don't know. Not I don't. Yeah, definitely wish I could play the piano, but you could play like the flute. I used to play the violin. You know, those are always music. Music is a beautiful way to be creative, you know. And so the creator in that sense, that's actually a very beautiful tool to kind of. So the creator is one of those parallel cards um, in terms of you can take a look at the way in which you relate to creativity in a third dimensional sense is a lens, you know, to see, you know, how it is that you interact, you know, within like a less tangible, like a co-creation sense, you know? So for example, when I was younger, I was really, really rigid in terms of what I thought creativity was. You know, I was like, I'm not creative because I can't draw, still true. Um, I'm not creative because I can't paint. Yeah, that's still very true. Um, And I also can't make like a pot. Okay, you know what I mean? You get the idea. And by the way, if I wanted to learn how to paint, that's all I would, I would just have to go learn, you know? So there's a mini message there about just not blocking off opportunities for yourself. But as I expanded my definition of creativity in general, that's when my relationship with creation and my ideas about co-creation and what co-creation really is, that's when it really started to just blossom and to take off. You know, once I was like, Oh, there are so many different ways, you know, in which you can be creative. It doesn't just have to be X, Y, Z. It doesn't just have to be like drawing. By the way, if you can draw, that's really, really cool. You know, if you have that natural talent or if you have that natural talent for music composition or painting or, you know, photography, you know, those are really, really, that's so amazing. Or that's actually a good example. Um, So like back to the nectar, you know, and the, what the creator does in combination with the nectar is says, let's just be creative, you know, in our medicine and in our healing. So the most healing, like, all right, if I feel really out of whack, all right, like I need a major reset. My favorite thing to do in this world is to take my camera and go to the nearest botanical gardens and just photograph all of the flowers. Okay. There was one day 
when I was really bent out of shape and the garden in uh, the one in New York, the Bronx, the, the, the New York Botanical Gardens, their rose garden was in full bloom. All right. So, oh my God, the amount of flowers, it was beautiful. The scent, it was, it was breathtaking, you know, and I needed at the time, I just, I felt so unlike myself. And for me, that's the ultimate reset, you know? So I spent, I think, eight hours in that garden in particular, photographing all of the flowers, all of just, just the roses. And then I went to other parts of the garden later. Um, You don't have to do all that, but that's my point is that the I don't do anything really with those photographs. Um, I think that same day I actually did photograph the peonies as well. Um, But I don't photograph. I don't do that, you know, for any sort of end goal. You know, I do it just because that's the most healing thing to me. You know, I love just spending time with the flowers and getting all the different angles. And I literally do basically nothing with the photos themselves. You know, the photos are just the result of that healing session. Hmm. That's really interesting. I wonder if oh, I just got an idea. All right. But um, so basically it's, it was more, it's more about the process for me than anything else, you know? And that to me, that's, that's my favorite form of healing. Or even when I was in, um, when I was in school, you know, and like in retrospect, uh, university is like not that hard in terms of like life in general, but you know, at, you know, when you're like, even in, when you're in the second grade, you know, you think back to first grade and you're like, wow, I had it so good in the first grade, but this second grade stuff, this is really, really hard. You know, we have multiplication and whatever happens in the second grade. I'm not really sure. Um, I don't know anything about elementary school curriculum. Clearly I don't remember that much. But at the time, and again, you know what? That's actually a good point for the tier as well. You know, being present with whatever is and not trying to just change your mind about it. You know, it's a good thing to have perspective. But at the time, you know, in school, for where I was, it was challenging. You know, and on those very, very challenging days or, you know, when I had just like, uh, it had been like a month and I was just like, ah, you know, I, I just don't feel well. Um, I feel like I have no energy. I just picked myself up and took my butt to the Chicago Botanic Gardens. And that was my favorite place in Illinois Um, were those gardens. You know, those gardens, that was like the mother archetype. Like that was my safe space. And that's what the Nectar invites us to do is to find those safe spaces and just let them be what they need to be. You know, so I would, you know, on those days, I was so excited because I was like, I'm going to get my energy back you know, and I would plan the entire day. I went there when it opened and did not leave until it closed. You know, even back when I was in the Rose Garden in that one day for that long, you know, there was a very, very nice gentleman there, you know, taking care of the garden. He left after like the first three hours and then he came back like three hours later and I wasn't done photographing and he was like, you're still here. And I was like, I'm here until I make my way around this entire garden and take a photo of basically every single kind of flower or every single bush. And he was like, alrighty then, you know, kind of gave me like a, she's crazy, but like kind of funny look. Yeah. Um, But that's just what's the most healing thing to me, 
you know? And so when I look at those photographs, you know, I use them like now. I'm so glad I did that because I can use the beautiful peonies on my website, for example, you know, and they just whenever I look at them, I'm like, wow, you know, they each represent a little bit of that medicine, you know, that I needed on that day. And I literally I don't do anything else with them, you know, so. That's just it's. It's my favorite thing in this world to do, and that is the power of the nectar. You know, that's the power of the nectar, the creator, the healer, and the mother. You know, just letting your healing process be whatever it needs to be without some sort of end result, you know, even if you think there should be one. You know, one of my um one of my friends one time, um, we were traveling together. And there were, I'm such an introvert, all right? People say that they're introverted. I am like double the introvert, all right? I can spend a lot of time alone and not be bothered. You know, I just, I need it. In fact, I need the time alone. And I mean, in the first, I think it was in the first couple of weeks of our trip together, you know, I didn't really hit that wall yet because sometimes I do. I just hit a wall and I need my time alone, you know, whatever, And that's a part of the mother is just holding space for exactly what you need. And so I was like, all right, to my friend, can we just go like, so I already knew, I already knew that wherever we went, you know, when we were traveling together, that I wanted to go to every, every major city. If it had a botanic garden, I was like, we're going, I have to see it. You know, um, just speaks to the kind of nerd I am. And she, she was the one that asked me you know, you take all of these photos because there I am click, click, clicking away, you know, and she was so sweet and so graceful. She just kind of stood by me as I nerded out over the flowers. She was like, what do you do with these photos? And I was like, literally nothing. And it was in that moment that I understood, you know, and that's bringing in a hint of the lover. I was just there to be present with them, you know, I mean, maybe, and then maybe in the future, I don't even need the camera. You know, I just, I like, I've always loved photography, I wouldn't say I'm like good at it by any means necessary. It's just healing for me, you know? So that that's just one example. And we all have our healing, our healing ways, our ways of healing. Um, um, we all have our own unique medicine, you know? And sometimes for me, it is just sitting in the garden, you know? The garden I'm talking about that's not too far away from my house, it's relatively small. And I photographed it several times. And you know what's fun about that? is that it's so small that I can capture every single flower and just watch how they change over time, which is really, really fun to me. And that might be a nightmare to somebody else. You know, for somebody else, spending eight hours and it's like 80 degrees, 80, 80, mid-80s outside with a camera to take pictures of roses, that's like not their idea of fun. And that's the beauty of the nectar and the creator too is just being, you know, you kind of have to find your own way of creativity in the same way that you need to find your own way of co-creating, you know? So this self, whenever the self comes through, it really speaks to finding your own way of doing X, Y, Z, you know, the self and the river, finding your own way of finding forgiveness, the self and the nectar finding your own healing, the self and the healer, finding your own way of being your own healer, you know, Um, the self and the mother, finding your own way of 
you know, channeling space and holding space for yourself, um, the self and the lover, finding your own way of being, you know, present, you know, that's another good example. Um, I remember when I was, you know, learning just a little bit more about like spiritual mystical practices and I didn't know much and I didn't know how to really channel them for myself. And the one thing I always wanted, you know, that it sounds weird, like I'm, it's on like a Christmas wish list or something. But the one thing I always wanted to learn more about was a gratitude practice, you know, and I tried that whole thing and tried is the correct word with let me list like three things I'm grateful for every single day or whatever. And I've heard, I mean, for some people it works. And, you know, that's again, that's a beautiful part of, you know, all literally all of these cards, you know, the medicine, the nectar, the creator is certain things do work for certain people. And then for others, it just doesn't, you know. And so a lot of these cards are challenging you to figure out on your own, like a lot of these are like, there's a lot of like love and a lot of acceptance and a lot of healing and a lot of creativity that's just jumping out at me, you know, through this aura. There are a lot of big themes, but the lover brought me closer to gratitude than anything else. You know, the lover for me, you know, it's not about, I mean, I love writing, I love speaking, I love doing whatever, um, but the lover for me is just being present with the love that is around. And that's how I tap into the energy of the lover. So when I really, really need it, you know, sometimes speaking of like the lover and the nectar, if I really need to, again, just take myself out of my own head, good example of the lover and the nectar is my garden practice, healing, ritual thingy, whatever, whatever it is you want to call it, you know, that's a good example of that. But that's not the only way in which the lover can you know, can be expressed or manifests, you know, Um, for me, sometimes just doing an aura healing, you know, that taps, that really taps me into all of the love that is present. So um, if I'm having a hard day and, or, you know, just experiencing an expression of the tear and I just really need the pick me up. Actually, yeah, I would 100% do that um, all the time. So if I, you know, like I said earlier, you know, I, my release is through tears, you know, so if I'm having a tough time and I'm crying and I just need to be present, you know, with the love and I, it's like in those moments when you're doing a lot of release, you need all of the love that is present and you need to be aware of it. You know, I do something like in now they're aura readings, but it's like changed so much, you know, so journaling would help me just be present with whatever is going on. And eventually I'd reach that space of, wow, look at all of the love that is around me, you know? So that's another creative practice. So, you know, being creative and being open with your healing practices, you know, with, you know, whatever it is that you need, that's so, so important, you know? So in the same way that, you know, no one can tell you how to draw I mean, people can guide you, but at a certain point, you kind of need to figure it out on your own. You know, you can kind of learn the base. I I really know nothing about sketching, but you can learn the basics of sketching. Like, I don't know how to sketch a person, you know, how to and there are different styles of doing it. You know, as far as I know, you know, you can learn how to sketch the head and the eyes and the whatever. But then at some point, you know, to take it, you know, deeper and further, you need to just like branch out into your own unique expression. 
you know, and that that's where kind of like the surrender element and going with the flow. That's where that really comes in, you know. So it's extraordinary, you know, what it is. All of the love. That's the other thing, you know, when um, when this beautiful aura came, all of the auras are beautiful. They're just beautiful in unique ways, you know. And so I every single time I look at them, I'm like, wow, how glorious is this aura, you know. And it's because the archetypes just match, you know, whatever my intention is, you know. So all of these archetypes, all of the color, all of the movements, you know, the fact also the fact that this was like such a fast moving aura, that was also really cool. You know, some of them move more slowly. You know, they do. They just have like different speeds. This one was like bam, 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 you know, building off of itself. It, It just the beauty honestly just was jumping through the page of all of my notes here. And so, but no, it's just like a good overall example of, all right, I was like nervous at first because I'd never done an aura reading surrounding simply control, right? So I was like a little bit nervous to like look at it and like, you know, really face it head on and look at all of the beauty that came through, you know? So that's the wonderful part of really leaning into our shadows. And that's the call of this blue moon is to just lean in more and reveal the love underneath. Like, look at all of these beautiful, beautiful energies. I say, look at it, but you can't. Um, but you remember. You remember what I said, or you could just listen back. I don't know. But, you know, think back on all of the beautiful energies that, you know, I shared with you today that came from looking at this literally, like I said, the most challenging shadow that I have is control, you know, and it seeps into when I'm really in my shadow, it seeps into every area of my life. But just like everything else, you know, the shadows, shadows are a form of love too. You know, they are a guide. And so kind of circling all the way back to, they're like an unseen guide. So that's like the, um, that's the unseen archetype is understanding that you are being guided by unseen forces. And that's the, um, that's like the spirit of control or, you know, however it is that you want to phrase it. Um, but that's how control shows up in my life as an unseen guide to, you know, just bring me all of this love. And so that's why it's just so, so important to not be afraid, you know. And then also speaking of which, you know, with going a little bit back to the creator, that's why this is a little bit of the prayer, but it's also the creator because there's like the creator is like the co-creation card. And it's the card of, you know, the understanding that there is a force outside of you and also within you, kind of like the creator and anima mundi here. You know, the soul of the world is waiting to create something beautiful within yourself, you know. Um, that's a little bit of the unseen. But anima mundi and, you know, everything that we're talking about with like shadows and the full moon Anima Mundi says that all of the unseen, the unseen forces are available for co-creation. And that's an important part, you know, to start really shifting our relationships with co-creation. And I think this is like a good bridge, you know. So the creator or not the creator, control. Control, for example, shadow of mine. And it's brought out all of these beautiful ways of co-creating, all of these beautiful ways of loving you know, for me, those are synonymous. 
however it is that you co-create is also how you love and how you show love, you know? So that's why it's really, really important to me. Um, but this is just a good example of Anima Mundi and the unseen, you know, kind of, you know, playing around here. And just the understanding that you co-create with people, you co-create with all forms of life, but you also co-create with the unseen. You know, the unseen is equally, is equally, you know, connected and has Anima Mundi within it as everything else. You know, and again, Anima Mundi is the initiation card of all of the initiation cards. So there's two initiation cards in here, Kairos and Anima Mundi. So that tells me that, you know, learning about control is going to be an initiation with respect to divine timing, which for me makes a lot of sense, you know, because the time when I feel like I don't have enough time, I'm in the shadow, you know, so I'm in the shadow of there's not enough time. Um, and then I start getting like contracted and tight and I start to try and control everything around me. So again, surrendering, releasing control, et cetera, et cetera, being in my power, you know, is really, you know, instead of being in the shadow of power, which is control, being in the light of power, which is just realizing how much love and how much abundance is really around you, AKA the lover is also understanding that you have all the time in the world. You know, like I said, Kairos, mythic time. You have all of the time in the world. You know, you are where you need to be. And so that heals control so quickly for me personally. So when I'm feeling, again, really contracted, really, really tight, like I don't have enough time or, you know, things are moving quickly or, you know, I don't, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever is going into my mind because Kairos is also um, really tied into my ego and my practice that's really, really healing for me. You know, understanding just the concept of divine timing, time beyond the clock, quantum time, mythic time. That's a really healing initiation for me, you know, and that helps me just kind of let go of what are I, whatever I'm clutching onto so tightly in that moment. It just helps me let go. And then also interacting with this shadow, this shadow of control in general Anima Mundi as an initiation, it's showing me how there is an unlimited amount of life, of consciousness that you can co-create with. And again, with the unseen, it's helping me to pay attention to more of those unseen elements that are a little bit less tangible, but still have so much power, you know, because control is it's it's tangible and it's intangible. You know, I know what I'm being like when I'm in that shadow, when I'm being controlling, when I'm being super restrictive. And by the way, it's not necessarily, it's with other people or I try, you know, I think that's like the better word, you know, I'm being, you know, expressing, you know, the venom, expressing the control within me to other people, but it usually it's just with myself, you know, back to the self card, you know? So there's also, you know, owning, you know, whatever shadow as a part of the self that has its own unique sweet medicine to bring to you you know? And so Anima Mundi and the Unseen, again, it's understanding that everything has consciousness. And because everything has consciousness, everything has medicine to bring you. You know, you can co-create with anything and everything. Everything can be a healer. Everything can be your teacher, you know? And the mother holding space for all form of 
forms of consciousness, you know, whether you're used to or not, you know, that's again, the challenge of the mother, the eternal challenge of love, the mother and the unseen holding space for all of the unseen elements of this experience, you know, can bring you so much love and so much power. If you take the time to just sit and the time to be present, you know, if I were so, and this is just the beginning for me, you know, this is just like an introduction because there are so many different ways in which all of these energies, all of the colors, you know, the movement, the speed, everything, you know, flows through the aura. This is just the beginning for me because I guarantee you if I took another look at this aura in like a week or even tomorrow or maybe later tonight, different medicine would come through, you know, and that's just like the power of the aura of the archetypes because there are just so many messages and there are so many lenses, you know, about co-creation, you know, our shadows, our venom, you know, how it is that we interact with the rest of the world and all of the unseen realms. You know, there's so much information here. You know, I remember when I went to the um, the release of this deck in general and Kim said something about how you could probably explore one of these archetypes for a lifetime and never be done exploring. That's the depth, you know, of every single archetype in here. You know, that's the depth of, depth of their energy. You know, for me, all of these archetypes are unconditional love just translated through a lens into one sort of story. Unconditional love has no conditions, so it has no limits, it has no bounds. You know, it's endless, you know, and that's also the power of the archetypes. You know, I have like 12, um, 12 main energies, eight dimensions, like there's just so much to explore. And that's the beautiful part of them, you know, and just allowing them to guide you as well. That really speaks to just letting things be exactly what they need to be. So I think that's a nice place to kind of end I'm sure I will talk about this more because like I said, you know, control is controlling the self. You know, it's a dimension of me that's always, it's always showing up for me and showing me new ways to love. And all of these different parts of the aura are just all of the different ways that can control can show me, you know, where to release, you know, where to surrender, you know, where I can, you know, just open up, you know, Control has shown me so much about how I can just like open up my heart to love, you know? Like I said, the opposite of control kind of seems to be surrender a little bit, which does not surprise me. I don't know. That wouldn't, I don't know if that's the antonym necessarily, like the exact opposite. Um, but surrender and control, just from a third dimensional perspective, don't really go together. And coincidentally, not so coincidentally, surrender is also one of the, the, um, just an energy that I've had so much, like just such a tough time with, you know? So, and for me, you know, the way in which I think of surrender and everybody thinks about it differently is just how can I open up? How can I be so open and so vulnerable, you know, as a channel for love and at just like receiving as much love possible and so that's what all of these, you know, all of these energies seem to be, you know, just different ways 
of opening up to love, you know, different way, a way in which, you know, you can open up to love is just, you know, loving the unlovable, you know, letting more love in, you know, accepting all dimensions of yourself, accepting, you know, the medicine that you need, you know, accepting the process of healing, you know, as it comes to you, you know, holding space, you know, accepting that things happen, you know, in their own time, accepting that everybody has a little bit of venom within them, you know, accepting, you know, whatever it is your creativity and your co-creative process looks like, accepting yourself and everything else, you know, as the soul of the world, accepting yourself and opening up as your own healer so you can bring more love, you know, opening up to the love of the moment with the lover and then all of the love that the unseen forces have to bring you, you know, so really, really opening up your heart and not because like there's a lot, you know, out there where it's like, you know, very third dimensional by you. There's like this fear of like opening up your heart and then getting it smashed in, you know, or something, you know, or if you've ever been in love before, you know, there's a there's like a whole thing there where if you've ever been in love, you know, you risk being, you know, you risk opening up, you risk totally surrendering and then having your heart smashed into a million pieces, you know, that's just like, and that stuff happens, you know, that's like a part of this third dimensional experience, but there's just a lot coming in right now, you know, about, you know, really opening up. Like when you're falling in love with someone, you have to really open up, really, really release you know, control over the situation because if you're controlling, you're closed and you're guarded, you know? And it's only when you open up your heart, open up your soul that you can really, really love let in, you know? So I feel like that's an interesting um, message to me in terms of control in general, just because the creator, the unseen and anima mundi, especially the mother too, you know, those are all, you know, co-creation with like source and the universe and God cards, you know, geez, if the prayer were in here, we'd be having like an interesting party. Um, but I feel like that's now that I'm thinking about it is like, I've always like kind of known that in the back of my mind. But for me, the ultimate form of letting go. I remember that actually, I remember that download when I was you know, first really looking at the shadow of control in general, you know, the ultimate form for me of, you know, really healing that shadow is just opening up to like, opening up to the love that God has to give you. And I know that sounds super heavy. And, you know, I, I love the word God. I know it's super loaded and, you know, not everybody's a fan and whatever, you can call it whatever you want, or you can just say like opening up to myself and developing a relationship with myself or source or the universe, whatever, you know, it's literally all the same to me. It just depends on what flavor I want. But I remember that. I remember, you know, when I was really, really struggling with that, you know, how, and this was before I knew how I communicated with God and how, you know, I felt that, you know, source communicated with me, you know, and so on and so forth. Um, but that to me, that was like, the ultimate form of surrender was really allowing God into my life. That was like the first, that was when I first started to kind of melt and release control for the first time when I was like, okay, you know, God seen, uh, God and, you know, the unseen together is like this unseen, you know, force in my life. How do I really let that in? And how do I really be open, you know, and learning all about that. So 
but that might be a different story for a different time. Um, so that seems like a good place to stop. Maybe I'll do something else with that later. I don't know. But that's, again, the aura can lead you in a bunch of different directions because there are so many ways in which to release control. Letting love, letting source, letting God into my life was just one way, you know, to heal the shadow of control and there are infinite ways. So, all right, let's take a couple of deep breaths. So we're going to go out the same way that we came in. And we're just going to say thank you. You know, thank you to all of the the unseen forces. You know, thank you to you for sharing space with you for this time. Um, thank you to, yeah, everything that just showed up for you. Thank, be, saying thank you to your guides. I just like to say thank you and send love to them in those moments. As always, if you need more time, just take it, take a pause. Um, all right, let's do it. Okay, perfect. So I really enjoyed sharing space with you today. As I said, happy Halloween, happy bloom, happy Halloween, happy blue moon, happy full moon. You know, enjoy the day, enjoy the evening. Um, I don't know, there's a lot of energy, you know, surrounding today, but, you know, don't be afraid, you know, on this beautiful evening, you know, to really contemplate your shadows release, you know, whatever control you have, whatever preconceived notions you have surrounding healing and the healing process, you know, just let yourself be with them, you know, a little bit of lover energy, just let yourself be present and let your shadows and your venom take you wherever it needs to go because it is guiding you, you know, it's guiding you in a different way with like a different flavor about it, you know, but I would, I, what just came to me in that moment was, you know, your shadows are equally loving guides as like if you, you know, believed in like your spirit guides or your ancestors or, you know, plant or animal allies or your crystals, you know, they are equally powerful guides. And that's really the message that I want to spread and hold space for on this blue moon is that all forces within the seen and unseen realms, they are equally powerful because they all have anima mundi within them. Everybody, every single life form, every single consciousness has anima mundi within it. So there's no like more or less powerful, powerful or loving guides. The question is, can you release, you know, whatever it is that you thought about, you know, what's a guide and what's not, you know, what spreads love and what doesn't. And can you open up to all forms of love that all of these unseen and seen forces or even just the unseen even within the scene, not to get too confusing, can you open up to the God within everyone? Oh, wait, I can't believe I'm ending there. Ugh. That's like my favorite thing to talk about is, you know, for me, releasing control, that's been a huge practice for me. So I'll just talk about it really quick. Um, but for me, the most, you know, what, what heals my shadow of control the most is when I open up to the God within myself and the God within everyone. When I open up to the spirit within myself or spirit within everyone. That really helps me to release control, you know? And understanding that, you know, the love within me is within everybody else and we're all kind of 
being guided, you know, to be in certain places at certain times, you know, in order to open up and teach one another to open up and to spread love to one another. A little bit of Kairos in there for you too. But okay, that's it. Um, If you enjoyed this, you know, please, um, I hope you can just leave like a a rating, um, a review and subscribe if you feel called to. Um, Great review, subscribe. That really, really helps, you know, in terms of just podcasting and stuff like that. Um, Otherwise, happy Halloween, happy happy blue moon, happy full moon. And I will talk to you soon.